Matt Stepp, why did Greg Tepper get fired? DCTF management felt the Ashley Pickle Power Hour would bring better ratings. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I'm the Tep. Ooh, I'm the pick. I guess. Yeah, you're Ashley the pick. Pickle. <laughs> it's the Ashley Pickle Power Hour. Let's just make it make that a thing now. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm good. Uh, it's a little weird, but we'll get through this, right? Yeah, I'm six a better co-host six. than Tepper, though. Oh, absolutely. Anytime yeah. I don't have to be on air with Tepper, I mean, yeah, that's great. Thanks for thing. having me. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Tepper. He's been punted to the sun now. There we go. We punted that, him out to the sun. That feels right. Um, this is your state semifinal preview for Tep and Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We hope you tune in, or we know you tune in for Greg Tepper and Matt Step. But guess what, Dirks? You are uh, you're stuck with me now. Yeah, but we love you very much anyway. We appreciate you for uh, subscribing and putting up with. All of the nonsense that we have, and we try to reward you for that putting up by uh, bringing you content like this, right? Absolutely. And I guess, like, for anyone who doesn't know or hasn't seen, which I most of you are, are all subscribers, so I would assume that most of you have seen it, Tep, uh, Tep had a kid. He did. He did. He, uh, Max. Yes. He is. It's a second December baby. Mm-hmm. Was Hank, is Hank a December baby? Yeah, December 3rd. So yeah. they're only two days apart now. Terrible timing on his part. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we love you, Tepper, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Uh, we, you will have Tepper back for uh, the state championship previews. Yes. Uh, which we'll do our normal thing. We'll preview each day of the state championships. Um, we'll have a podcast for you before each day of the state championships, so that'll be fun. But uh, in the meantime, I think we have regional finals and state semifinals to talk about, don't we, Pickle? We sure do. Let's. We'll uh, we'll start off. We'll do a little cleanup with the regional final round, and then we'll matriculate over to uh, breaking down twenty semifinal matchups. Yeah. So usually we do the game draft, but mm-hmm. we decided it's the state semifinals. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about them all. So we may not talk about every game in as much detail as before, but we'll hit all twenty of the games and uh, get you ready for semifinal weekend i think i felt like semifinals are a big enough round where we, we got to talk about every game oh yeah that's one of those things like a por que no los dos type of situation mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. why only do a handful of them when you yeah. could just hit on why all of them have all of them exactly it's like when we went to brownwood and i was like meat and potatoes all of it no i was like <laughs> i was like do i want the chicken fried steak or do i want the fried chicken por que no los dos yeah, why not have both <laughs> and that's and that's what i did so that's what that's what we're going to do today we're, we're going to have it all so i messed up and i do not have a fun fact so it is what it is it's a different episode but uh we'll start off with this i want to hear what when we're kind of doing a little cleanup from the regional final weekend it was not near as gobsmacking as tepper likes to say as the regional semifinal round Mm -hmm. but i mean still some oh wait you guys are still here teams yeah there was some of that there were some bangers it was i don't want to call it butt saturday but it was blowout (laughs) saturday um, it was, there were a lot of blowouts on Saturday, and I went through and looked at all 40 of the games that were played. The average margin of victory in the regional finals, average margin, mm-hmm. was 21.7 points. Cool. So there were a lot. It, it, that's what That was like the one thought that I took away from regional final weekend mm-hmm. was there were a lot of lopsided results. Which says a lot about the level of competition, like specifically talking like Shiner and Refurio. Mm-hmm. It says a lot of sometimes we get to this round and it's like we still don't know a whole lot about a team and then they go out and do what shiner did to refurio and it's like oh okay y'all aren't just like good you're like really good but i think what it might say what it says is maybe this week we're gonna have a bunch of bangers Mm -hmm. because all these good team these really elite 
cream of the crop teams are now starting to run up against each other. Where you know last last round you could maybe still be a less than elite team and slide through and get to the bracket, mm-hmm. get to the regional final. I think now at this point we're going to start getting cream of the crop, cream of the crop. So, um, and then there was some games that really threw the average off, right? Like Westlake and Vandergrift, oh, Franklin yeah. and Poth threw the average off. But we did have some bangers, mm-hmm. you know, like Geyer and Prosper was an unbelievable game. Um, that was the one. Flower that was, Buff beat Vets Flower thirteen Bluff, to seven. Yeah, like Bluff, there's your low Bluff, end Vets one. Was a, was a great game. So there there were still some really close uh, competitive games, but I think for the most part it was it was a pretty lopsided weekend. So I'm hoping this weekend we get a lot of great games. And the schedule is very even this week, right? Mm-hmm. We got five games on Thursday, ten on Friday, five on Saturday. So we'll have a nice even spread of uh, football this weekend and plenty of room for chaos too <laughs> always room for a little chaos <laughs> in the in texas high school football so with that being said let's go ahead and start to preview here of our 2021 state semifinal week i think it is worth uh, mentioning and i know that this is not your realm so i'll just do this to make tepper's heart happy here but our 1a uh, six-man football state matchups are set in d2 it'll be motley county with a 62 to 66 to 20 win over klondike and strawn 45 richland springs uh, uh, 150 to 54 so that was quite impressive and Busted then a bill. yeah no kidding and then on the uh, 1a division one westbrook beat happy um and may two points over coach terry crawford's fighting abbott panthers yeah that so was a West, banger of a game so since coach crawford is a such a regular tft you know p1 basically mm-hmm. um I, I was actually keeping up with that saturday night. let's go I, and i was kind of rooting for abbott because coach crawford's such a good dude so yeah disappointed but you know it was impressive no one has gotten anywhere close to touching may like that this yeah. week so anyway those those are set they get super bowl week because it's a half the team bracket so yeah they get their championship games on wednesday afternoon mm-hmm. they'll get started i mean nine days away yeah shoot man that's coming up quick i'm sorry pickle <laughs> you got a lot of work to do before then. I had a lot of work to do before then. And then Tepper's not then. here because Tepper decided to have a baby. Well, Tep wife decided. Tep wife had the baby. Tepper, yes. Tepper didn't do it. She anything. did all the hard work. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Tep wife. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and get to it. We'll talk about 2A Division II. We're going to start, uh, we're going to crescendo up to the big dogs, I guess You're you could say. You're not going to throw a starter from the bottom reference in and make yourself. No. Oh. Okay, I'm, I'm new so here, washed. right? I'm so <laughs> washed. So washed. My daughters my daughters are cringing as they listen to a podcast, even though they would never listen to this. Listen to this. To this. <laughs> never. No. Well, my goal here is to make you feel old, so mm-hmm. I think we're off to a good start. Okay, 2A Division Two. you got two different uh, semifinal games here. We'll start with the uh, first half, the left half of the bracket. Stratford and Albany, 6 p.m. Thursday, Lubbock's Lowry Field. Yeah, so this is the first semifinal that's going to get the football weekend kicked off with a little bit of an early start. And uh, my thoughts on this game, Pickle, are if you're a fan of, like, old school, smash mouth, mm-hmm. take a tire iron and beat the crap out of each other football, then, buddy, get yourself to Lowry Field Thursday night because these are two teams that are that are physical – they like to run the football. They're gonna they're gonna do everything right. These are two of the most fun. You know, Matt Lovern at, at Stratford, Denny Faith at Albany. They're two of the most fundamentally sound teams you're gonna run into. I think if you're looking at who has the better the skill position edge, I think mm-hmm. Albany's a little more dynamic at the skill spots. They will throw the ball a little bit. They're probably a little more balanced than Stratford is. But I will say Stratford played seven on seven this summer, went to the state tournament yeah. because they wanted to get more balanced, and mm-hmm. it's helped them. Cody Rennie's done a great job at quarterback uh, when they have they have asked him to throw the football to to be efficient. So um, 
But I think Stratford's Stratford's the difference for me is Stratford's up front on both mm -hmm. sides of the ball. Their defensive line is really good offensively. On the offensive line, they got some road graders for a two A Division two school, and they kind of wear you down. That's what happened last week against Wellington. Now, mm -hmm. granted, Wellington didn't have Mark Ramirez. He was hurt. He didn't play, but Stratford, I felt like uh, in the second half, took control of that game, outscoring Wellington 19 to nothing in the second half, and getting that 26 to six win. And Cody Rennie was the star of the show: 267 yards, four touchdowns, rushing. Um, he was the difference for, for Stratford. Mm -hmm. But you know, Albany, you know, Cole Chapman at quarterback was really efficient. They've got Jaheim Newton at running back, who who does a great job as well. It's a really good Albany team. They they beat Winthorpe 28 to 14. Knocked off the defending state champs. Right. Um, so I, this is a true pick'em game for me. And that's funny because that's our only. I think it's our only pick'em game that the computer has yeah. ranked as a pick'em I mean, game. And I see that seeing what they did to Winthorpe last week, and that was my eye-opening thing because I saw Winthorpe earlier in the mm -hmm. year against Munster, and while they didn't win that game, it was like, okay, this is the team that looks like they're figuring it out and they're really going to heat up as the playoffs go on. Obviously, they did that last year, and for them to be able to go out there and beat them. I mean, fairly hand 28, 14 is not yeah. crazy, but, but I it mean, was 21, six at halftime. It, time, felt, it felt like a game that super lopsided got 21, six and just kind of like put, put it on, just said, mm -hmm. Hey, we're just going to, we're, we're very happy when you, they weren't going to try to run it up. They were in control of that just following that game. It never felt like Albany was in danger. No, they not at all. And control. I feel like all season, Albany has been that hard hitting team that they'll get up early on you. And then they're going to kind of just let, let the rest play out. Not. And I feel like too, Denny faith has a great job of not having his guys do too much. They, all know what their job is yeah i that means that 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 just tells you right now this is a pick em game i think you flip a coin mm -hmm. i picked stratford and my picks personally to win the game but an albany win wouldn't surprise me. i'm this going all i picked albany <laughs> yeah literally a pick em game so I, I think if you're looking for a competitive game this is one of the ones to keep an eye on especially early thursday Absolutely. And then moving on into the other side they're coming out of region three and region four have, have we seen this matchup before? This look a little familiar to you? Martin, Falls City in a Fall state cities. semi? Falls City's like, UIL, can you please move these guys to Region 2? <laughs> For the fourth straight year, it's Martin, Falls City. we got a new new location this year. Mm -hmm. Playing in Elgin. They played the first first two meetings in Georgetown. And last year they played in Pflugerville. So now Falls City's like, oh, let's go to Elgin. Let's see if we can change our luck with Elgin. All right. The other interesting thing about this game is it's Friday night. Their state championship is early on Thursday first game Thursday yeah. so they're playing this one on Friday the other uh, game is on Thursday mm -hmm. so whoever wins this game is going to be at a one day disadvantage Advantage. in the state championship so I thought that was interesting that that um, the, the kickoff time was Friday and not Thursday um, I think this game comes down to Falls City can they can they control the football mm -hmm. keep it away from Mart the one year that Falls City was competitive with Mart they drained the clock they they played a time of possession game and they were able to limit possessions because the more touches you give Mart, the more chances you're giving that explosive offense to do work. And Mart is going to have a definite speed advantage, the skill mm -hmm. spots over Falls City. They're they're just a lot faster than Falls City. They always are. It's, it's, that's just <laughs> – that's, that's the name just, of the game. Yeah, it's just that's just what it is when Martin Falls City plays. Falls City has to limit Mart's touches because if you limit their touches, I think that gives you more of a chance to slow them down or hope Mart maybe gets a holding penalty and something gets them off schedule, that kind of thing. So um, I think mean, that's the key in this game. I think the, the difference with this Mart team is this is a better throwing Mart team. That's what I was going to say. For years now, we've seen – it's been the Rod Ralph Freeman show. We mm -hmm. saw that, and it was nothing but hard-hitting ground and pound. As I mean, they rolled through Chilton 56-10, to 10, and he threw for 289 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, Trey Powell's really come 
along as a passer and giving Mart a different look than what the previous Mart teams have had. Um, but I think that makes Mart a little more d- dangerous because there's, you know, he spreads the ball around. You know, Clyderian Campbell um, is is a guy that that really will that they throw to a lot, and they've got another good receiver whose name escapes me now. Um, but they're they're going to throw the ball. They're going to spread it around. They've got playmakers, so it makes Falls City a lot more. Um, they have to they have to be they have to account for a lot more playmakers. Well, and so. they can't go in with the same game plan of what they've done the past three years. Of okay, you know what we need to do? Go out there, crash the box. And stop Rodrell Freeman. This time it's like, hello, DBs, you're going to have to wake up yeah. a little bit. And then it opens up the running. Mart's going to have a good running back. It mm-hmm. opens up the running running lanes as well. So um, I really think Falls City has got to try to limit limit the touches here if they want to have any chances. If, if Mart's got, you know, four or five possessions and a half, that's too many possessions. You know, you got to limit, limit them to two or three possessions if you want to have any chance. I think I picked Mart by 21. Mm-hmm. I think they roll because um, that's just been the habit. But, you know. That, that's the path for false. It's a very narrow path for false right. city. That's what they got to do to win this game. And this now makes the longest active state semifinal streak because we will not be seeing Gunner Canadian again. No, which we will get to that in a minute. Yeah, but no, no Gunner Canadian this year. But yeah, it's a, it's it's four years in a row. And, and so here's your do- dose of normalcy. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens in realignment to see if we get five years in a row next year. All right, step. That was two A Division two. Let's head up a half a classification here to a division one we'll start off with holly and marlin a game that i believe both of us will be at seven right. on thursday at weatherford's kangaroo stadium yes and uh i think we'll have some good food in the press box and you'll be on the Ooh. field but you'll come up you'll come up and man if hello. there's food and all my I mean, guys are up there of course i'm gonna yeah, come up there I mean, you know you're you're a girl who, who appreciates a good meal oh, so yeah. You know, come out there and say hello. Weatherford's got a great stadium right in the middle of town there. Mm-hmm. You, ever, you ever been to Weatherford Stadium? No, I have driven by it. Yeah, right, but there, I have right not, there in the middle of town. Yeah, it's a good I haven't been inside of it. Um, you know, I think on paper you look at this game and you think Holly's the favorite. They're 14-0. and They've got wins over Coleman, Cisco, Forsan. They've got a great resume. You look at Marlin, oh, they're 11-3. They lost three times. But I don't know if there's anyone in the state as hot as the Marlin Bulldogs right now. They are rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and – they're going to be a difficult matchup for Holly because Mart has something that is at a premium in Region 1 and has a ton of speed at the skill spots. This is a Mart team that is loaded at the skill spots. Um, Desmond Woodson is kind of the orchestrator of that offense. Um, the transfer from Everman uh, has come in, and you know, I had to throw that in. But mm-hmm. he's, a, he's from, I was waiting for yeah. There was two things I was waiting for. That in the, did I mention that Marlon was my hipster pick? That's right. Marlon <laughs> is my hipster pick. Uh, go go look, look at that article. Dated August 16th, mm-hmm. by the way. But Woodson uh, uh, started for Everman last year as a junior. He, he's from Mar- His family's from Marlon, so he moved back home. Um, and is playing really well for Coach Ruben Torres. What a job first year coach. Ru- Ruben Torres no comes kidding. in from El Paso. No one in Marlin knows who the hell he is. Mm-mm. People, some people in Marlin, are like I don't, I don't know who this guy is. He shouldn't be our coach, and he has won that community over. Um, he, he, he's had a huge, huge year this year. And they, they ran out twenty six nothing on Crawford last week. Yeah. Unbeaten Crawford. Now Crawford was banged up, mm-hmm. uh, but they still took care of business. And I think that that was another game where they got out, got up big at halftime, and kind of put it on cruise control in the second half. Holly's got to account for the Marlins skill kids. Yep. And I think where Holly's advantage is going to be is up front there. If their defensive line can dominate and chase Woodson off the spot, mm-hmm. I think they've got a shot. But if, if Woodson can sit back there and th- get the ball downfield to those receivers, Marlins going to throw for a lot of yards in this game. Well, and here's the thing with Holly too. They've only allowed 52 points this year. So it's kind of one of those things that it's like, 
if if we really start if Marlon really starts turning on the Jets here mm-hmm. and they start to take a lead, how does Holly respond? Because they haven't yeah. been in a situation all year long that they've had to do that. In their last two weeks, I, I watched them two weeks ago against Coleman and they won twenty one to seven, and then last week they won seventeen to fourteen. Mm-hmm. So this is a Holly team that's not going to score a lot of points. They mm-hmm. want to win with defense and controlling the football. And Holly, credit to them, they you know their running back Austin Compton uh, is out for the year. I think he had a neck injury in the in this in the Coleman game. Uh, and he played through it, and then wow. I think got held out of the game. He he scored a touchdown and land, and he flipped and landed on his head. Oof, that's uh, scary, so he, man. <laughs> yeah, he's not playing. But uh, Deontay Ramon moves over. He was a receiver, moves over to running back last week. Does well, in, yeah. in, You know, 120 yards rushing and a touchdown uh, for the Bearcats. And this Holly team is they remind me a little bit of Jim Ned mm-hmm. in that when it's third and seven. They're gonna get seven, right? You know, when they're when it's third and four, they're gonna get right at four yards. They're and real hard hitting. They're and they just they they do what everything that needs to be done to, to move to keep the chains moving and kind of win these these kind of tight tight games. So I, I think Holly's playoff experience and their ability in those close games is the difference in this game. But I'm very interested to see how Marlin. They got to keep it under. I mean, a, a certain amount. Yeah, like they don't want to get a shootout. They don't want to get. You don't want to yeah. go past 21 points. Not with Marlin. Marlin's got a lot of dudes. So I, I don't think you want to. I think you want to limit possessions and keep keep the ball away from that Marlin offense. And then. <laughs> Whoever wins that game will be taking on the winner of the Timpson Bears versus the Shiner Comanches. That one, 7 p.m. on Thursday as well. So we'll have we'll have a state championship set mm-hmm. Thursday night, which yep. is exciting. That one at Tomball ISD Stadium in Tomball. And, dude, Shiner, they, <laughs> they look like it's theirs to lose. Yeah, they, they're good. And he said the, the, the interesting thing about this game is you saw Shiner last week. Mm-hmm. I saw Timpson last week. Yeah. So, um, but I watched Shiner. I, I watched the show. Um, on Texan Live Thursday night, and I, I was blown away. It was – I've made this comparison a couple times, and I made it on the show on TFT today, but I left that game feeling the same way that I did when I left the uh, Westlake-Lake-Travis game, mm-hmm. of just watching that. It was one of those – the game wasn't even boring, even though it was technically such a bad game, because it was just a marvel to see a unit on the field produce the way that Shiner did in You're that one. You're watching greatness. Yeah, and yeah. it's like – you leave that one going if they play to this caliber which they have every single week i there's i would be baffled if someone in the state could take them down yeah timpson i think is a little bit better equipped because they've got a guy like terry bussy mm-hmm. who's really really good it's just so his, um, high on him terry bussy's that dude and they got a receiver vosky howard a sophomore who's really good but timpson in the first half against centerville Shiner is a souped-up version of Centerville mm-hmm. with better running backs and better. They're just better at everything that Center than Centerville is. And Centerville came out in the first half and really dominated the game. They were losing fourteen to thirteen, but <laughs> Timpson only had the ball for four minutes in the first half. Wow! Because they scored twice and had the ball, so they didn't have the ball very long. Mm-hmm. And Centerville had had a fifteen play drive and a nineteen play drive. That'll eat up some and clock. scored touchdowns. So that that's. That's going to be kind of something similar to what Shiner does, except Shiner does it a whole lot better, mm-hmm. and they have the ability to break long runs. So I think Shiner in the trenches is just better than Timpson they're on both huge. sides of the ball. And I think they're they're going to they're gonna chase Bussy around. They're going to be able to get to him a little bit. So um, this was a 49-7 to game last year in the semifinals. They played in the semifinals last year. Both were undefeated. Shiner won 49-7. to It was Timpson's first deep playoff run. I think Timson is going to be a lot more competitive this year because they've been in this situation before, and they're they're frankly better than they were a year ago. But I still think Shiner wins pretty comfortably. I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to play. With I Shiner think this next year. year the the matchup next year when you only have one Brooks Brothers versus mm-hmm. a junior Terry Bussey, it's like okay, then you can kind of get going on that. Well, you know this is Bussey's back, but this is a this is a Timson team with 18 seniors. Wow. 
for a two A D one, it's a lot of seniors. So yeah. You know, I know everybody says, well, next year, Timpson's going to be there. I don't know. This this might it's be like their, 90% of the team almost yeah, at this, that level. This might be their shot. So we'll, we'll I, I think it's going to be more competitive. I don't see 42-point win, mm -mm. but I don't – I mean, I still think Shiner wins by two to three touchdowns. I would agree with that. So there is 2A Division One. Moving on now, 3A Division Two. Let's start with Lubbock-Roosevelt coming out of Region 1 and a team that we're, we're used to seeing here, Gunner, coming out of Region 2, 7 p.m. Friday at Abilene's Anthony Field. And, uh, well, hey, it's a different game mm -hmm. in a state semifinal, so that's big. Yeah, and it's two 14-0 teams. Right. I mean, that's a lot of fun. And I think this is a – Tepper called Lubbock-Roosevelt the crazy guy in the fight because they Absolutely. run <laughs> they run the flex bone offense and they run it in a, in a unique way. They they do not throw the football. Mm. The game, I saw them play Spearman in the first round. They threw one pass. They just do not throw the football. They are going to stick with the run. Throw what you know, man. <laughs> and they're just gonna they're gonna keep doing it. And and I think that's a, that's a challenge for Gunner to prep for with one week of action. I mean, they have to prepare for this with one week. So that's a you know Gunner runs a unique offense as well. But I think it's something that that's not as un unconventional as what Lubbock Roosevelt mm -hmm. does. So I'm interested in that matchup from that aspect. Um, this is Lubbock Roosevelt's first time in this big of an environment you right know, in the state so you know, does they, pedigree come through yeah just i think gunner's pedigree plays a, playing in the state semifinals is a rite of passage for gunner at this point um they've got the better players hut graham uh ethan sloan those are dudes who can straight up make plays and go um i think it's a matter of which defense can put the other offense in a in a bad if you can win first down against lubbock roosevelt that's half the battle. If they don't want to be in third and long because they no. don't want to throw the football, mm -mm. so I think Gunner is going to be hell bent to win those early downs, and I, I think that's where the where the key in this game is. Gunner's a little more equipped to throw the football. Mm -hmm. It's not as big of a deal. Gunner's in third and eight. That's not that big of a deal. They right. can throw the football. Mm -hmm. Roosevelt cannot throw it. They, no, and if you're bad. anywhere past third and five, you're you're looking at danger mm -hmm. zone. So um, I think that, and then you get in the point where does Lubbock Roosevelt start having to go for it on fourth down, and mm -hmm. does that get them out of what they want to do? So um, I think Gunner is able to get Roosevelt out of their game early on and, and pulls away for, for a win. I think Roosevelt will settle in. Mm -hmm. first, if, if they're going to have any chance of pulling the upset, the first 12 minutes are key here. Yep. Roosevelt's got to hang in there, withstand that early storm, and settle into the football game. Then at that point, it's anybody's game. Right. And I think there's, there's two things here, too. Gunner needs to be careful in not overlooking this Roosevelt team because mm -hmm. I feel like when you're so used to going Gunner-Canadian, 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 and then you see, oh, well, this is a Lubbock Roosevelt. Like, oh, yeah, it's a Lubbock school. No no problem. Mm -hmm. One, don't get caught with your pants down. I think that's huge for Gunner. And it's then great on the. Advice, uh, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, great advice. <laughs> I try. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm here for. Um, and then I had another point, and yeah, I don't know. That totally derailed me. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think. I think you're right. I think Gunner. If if the, if I look at the first quarter, it's fourteen nothing Gunner. Mm -hmm. It's probably over. Oh, taking care of the ball is Lubbock Roosevelt's. Yeah. I think that that like obviously that is textbook advice. You have to do that. But mm -hmm. I really genuinely think if if Lubbock Roosevelt goes out in the first half and gives up two fumbles running the ball all the yeah. time, Gunner will absolutely capitalize that, and then they'll just yeah, it's game over at the, that point. Roosevelt's the underdog. They can't get down early. But I think I mean if I look up at, at the end of the first quarter, it's a one score game or tied or even Roosevelt winning. It's game on. Yeah, the first twelve minutes are key, and when you're when it's your first time in this kind of big environment. And then on the other side of the bracket, coming out of Region Three, we've got uh, Wascom and then Franklin. A game I will be at at uh, seven p.m. on Friday at Mesquite's Memorial Stadium. Franklin obviously made the title game, mm -hmm. and you've got to think that they're probably on a little bit of a revenge tour 
Um, they're favored in this game com- according to the computer, but Oscom is no one to sleep on. No, this was a one-point game last year, mm-hmm. and I think both teams are better than they were last year. Now, here's the matter: is a matter of who's 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 more better. Right. My English, <laughs> my English teacher would. I good at learn. word. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard to tell how, just how good Franklin is because let's be honest: three AD two in Region Four. It's kind of butt. It's kind of bad. It's uh, um, not the strongest no, of regions, Franklin you could say. has uh, won their four playoff games with an average margin of victory of 61.5 points. Sure. Yeah, so... Go ahead, Franklin. Maybe Franklin's just that good. Right. But maybe Region 4 is just that terrible this year. That's how we felt. We yeah. talked about earlier with Shiner and Referio. It was like, okay, we we don't know how good you are. Yeah, so I, I think we know how good Waska is. Waska's yes. played some dudes, and they beat... I mean, danger. I saw Dangerfield on Thanksgiving night. That's a really good Dangerfield team. Mm-hmm. Quick too. And Wascom beat them thirty-four to eight. So I mean, the Wascom flex bone, Franklin slot T. If you like quick football games, oh, this Mesquite's one's- the place for you. It's going to be over <laughs> with. You might be doing your live hit like at nine fifteen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, it's going to be it's going to be one of those. You know, Wascom's got a lot of playmakers. Uh, DJ Feaster, Tayshawn Hamilton, Javis Jones. But the key for Wascom is their quarterback, sophomore quarterback Cole Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. I think Franklin's good enough on defense to where they're going to make Wascom throw it, and I think Watson's good enough to make plays in the passing game. Um, so. I think we're going to find out real quick in this one. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Franklin reacts mm-hmm. when, if they punch and Wascom punches back. Yeah, because they but haven't had anyone punch him si- back all year. Not basically. since week one. They mm-hmm. had they beat Lorena 27-20 to 20 in week one, and Lorena is really, – we'll talk about them in a minute. Really good. That's it. It's been 15 weeks right. since anyone has pushed Franklin at all. So I'll be, inter- I'll be interested to see what happens, how Franklin responds. I think Franklin will be fine, mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting to see how they respond. I think it's a close game. I like Franklin. I think Franklin is – I think we're, we're on a Franklin-Gunner collision course, which will be chef's kiss. Oh, that'll be so uh, good. <laughs> but I think this will be a great ball game. I think I think you're in for a treat in Mesquite on a Friday night. A treat in Mesquite on Friday oh, night. Oh, look, look at, at you with That's the rhyming. That's the freestyle there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great ball game. I like, I like Franklin, but I think Wascom keeps us close and very, very competitive all the way through. I sure hope so because I will be there. You don't want a butt game in the state. So I mean, you got Dude. you got you got Buda and Katie last year. You deserve a good cool. you you deserve a good state semifinal that, game. That that one was that was rough to watch. Yeah, Hayes and Katie. Yeah, Hayes. We don't want Hayes, Katie. <laughs> at, at the energy. seventy burger in the state semifinal is never something that you're no. that you're hoping for. What a, what a letdown! It's a wet fart. It was a wet fart. Um, moving on, three A Division One in what I feel like could be a little bit of fireworks factory here. Brock taking on Mount Vernon, seven p.m. Thursday at McKinney's. ISD Stadium Brock has been just handling fools yeah the last couple of weeks Brock has really just kind of said uh yeah we're here yeah welcome back mm-hmm. like oh you you forgot about us last year yep. let me welcome oh, you back. oh step you thought we were taking a step back this year hey guess what yeah. we're, we're, we're yeah <laughs> and uh you know I saw Brock against Whitesboro last week and they just completely manhandled Whitesboro it was the it wasn't competitive mm-hmm. um now I'm a little concerned Cutter Cutter Wilson uh the running back did get hurt and mm-hmm. he did not play this, uh, the last three quarters of that game right we'll see if he plays this week I have not heard an injury report on him but he he didn't he sat out now uh Brett Tudor um did great 94 yards three touchdowns rushing QB Tyler Moody um you know Brock is throwing it around this year Moody threw for 222 and two touchdowns so there was no issues last week for Brock mm-hmm. they're playing a better team in Mount Vernon this week an undefeated Mount Vernon team and a Mount Vernon team that got to this round last year yeah lost that close game to Jim Ned so um Mount Vernon's offense has been really good they were averaging 50 points a game but last week against West they 
They had to fight. They really did. Yeah. That one that one came close. 24-13 win, and, and one of those touchdowns from Mount Vernon last week was a defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. So their offense only scored 17 points last week. So um, I think Mount Vernon's offense is going to play better this week. They're going to they're gonna be able to – I think they'll move the football against Brock. But, man, this Brock, this Brock team looks like a machine right now. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone that's going to stop them right now. And I, I think Brock – wins this one by double digits I I mean yeah we, we've said we've seen that the past two weeks and it wouldn't surprise me I think a big story of this game is the two I mean these are two brand new or new coaches yeah two first-year head coaches Billy Mathis from Brock who came over from Weatherford mm-hmm. and uh, Brad Willard uh, who took over um, he was the offensive coordinator last year at Mount Vernon and is now now the head coach so you have two team two co- two first-year head coaches who are 14 and 0 mm-hmm. in the state semifinals so um you know I know a lot of the folks in Mount Vernon feel like this is their year mm-hmm. and if it is their year they're We'll know it quick. This this Brock team is for real. I well, and I can tell you, I was talking to some folks from Brock last weekend, and they were like, what they've seen Billy Mathis do in, in his time just in a year, they were like, this guy is special. And so it's been it's been fun to watch both of both of those coaches do that. And I and you know it's one of those things. It's always it's always weird going into a new situation like that. So to see them both here, I think that's really stinking cool. And another another someone's O's got to go, as Rico would say on a <laughs> yeah, shout out Rick Renner. Yeah, but. It's, <laughs> It mean, but it's what you expect. You expect fourteen and zero versus fourteen and zero oh, in the yeah. state semifinals. This is kind of one of those games that you expect to see. So, um, I'm not going to be there Thursday night. But I, if if I had a, a number two choice Thursday night, this, this would have been, been my number two choice. Yeah. Moving on into the right side of the bracket, a team that you've been high on all year, uh, Lorena taking on a surprising Lago Vista squad. That's right. You you know about you know a little bit about Lago Vista I being do. a Laker at down there in the Lano area. I sure do. Yeah, they're in the same district it's a beautiful as town. Uh, Lano. So shout out District 13. Yeah. They're out there repping. If yeah. if you're not going to make it, they can. But that one's um, going down in Georgetown again on Thursday at seven. So we'll have uh, another state's final. We'll know this one set uh, in. Yeah, this we'll, we'll we'll know this one Thursday night. And uh, yeah, Lorena. I will admit, Greg Tep- Tepper has been high on Lorena all year. Mm-hmm. I did not jump on the Lorena bandwagon until oh, okay. round two when I watched them pummel Woodville in yes, the second round of the playoffs. I remember that in the slack. Um, so I'll say this about Lorena. They've, throughout the playoffs, they've scored 50-plus points in every game in That's, the playoffs. The math checks out. Uh, it seems good. I think if you score 50 points in a football game, you're going to win more times than not. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and they 63-28 over die ball. They, uh, you know, they can throw it. They can run it. They, mm-hmm. They're balanced. Uh, Red Hansen had 202 yards rushing and five touchdowns, but Lorena can just as easily throw the ball up to Jaden Porter, their sophomore receiver, and, and and can make plays there. So this is a a bat. This is a complete Lorena team. They're good on special teams. They're good up front on both sides of the ball. They've got it all. Um, Lago Vista is kind of one of those. Oh, hey, you're here. Yep, exactly. Oh, what are you doing here? And uh, but credit to them. They 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 take the Region Four title last mm-hmm. week. They jumped out on on Industrial early. 14 nothing and held off they had a couple you know i think three interceptions in the game mm-hmm. um bowen Staub, their quarterback throws a touchdown pass has a pick six on defense does a little bit of everything for the vikings um creighton phillips has done a great job i mean lago vista the second year in a row they're in the regional finals because mm-hmm. last year they made the regional final and lost to um stingham ah lano mm-hmm. uh so this year they, they, they've taken it a step further oh hi coach ludlow you're calling me i'm gonna go ahead and have to send you to voicemail i apologize coach ludlow recording a podcast here um yeah, I th- I think this has a great been a great run for Lago Vista, mm-hmm. but I I think they're stepping into some really deep water here. Right, and Lago's a team that has really you you mentioned it. They really really have capitalized off of turnovers. Mm-hmm. So they do a couple of those in the first half, and it's like it could get a little interesting. I think yeah. that I think that they're just outmatched. But Lago's one of those teams that they just keep 
crawling. They're always back. around. They they're, yeah, they're a them. gnat. You yeah. can't get rid of them. I mean, they just keep coming back. They're, did, did you ever play against them in basketball at Atlanta when you were there? Yes, but it wasn't a district game okay. at that point. Um, but yeah, they're just one of those like you you kind of count them out and stuff. Um, but I think they they have the the capability to make it competitive, and I think that they can actually really make it a little bit competitive if they'll if they keep doing that thing on defensive forcing turnovers. Mm-hmm. Their turnover margin has to be pretty heavily Probably in favor playoffs, of them. I bet they're at least plus 10. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there is 3A Division One. Getting into more big school ball here. We'll go 4A Division Two. Salina and Gilmer, 7 p.m. Friday. This one at Prosper's beautiful stadium out there. Um, Salina destroyed Aubrey yeah, Second time they've blown Aubrey away. Um, now, this is a game I will say. I think the computer – I think our uh, Jerry's computer picks has Salina by 10. 10. Uh, I think Gilmer wins. I, I, I disagree. Okay. I think Gilmer wins this game. Tennyson is, does what Brandon he does. Tennyson is the dude. Mm-hmm. This is this has been Gilmer's year. They've got balance. Their defense has been really good. They they that, that Pleasant Grove team they beat last week, thirty six to fifteen. That was, that was a surging Pleasant Grove team. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Tepper's right. You're let you let Pleasant Grove play way too long this year. All those freshmen and sophomores yes. are going to be a year older and have four. Now you've weeks of handed practice. them experience. Yeah. So. Keep an eye on Pleasant Grove next year. You want a little look ahead to next year, Pleasant Grove will be ranked highly. Um, although also in 2AD1, mm-hmm. Centerville. They bring back nine starters on both sides of the ball oh. next year. So Centerville, top five team next year. Book it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gilmer, I, th- I think Gilmer, it's gonna be a, this is a, a – and by the way, if you like orange, this is your place because there's oh going to be a ton of orange in this stadium. Um, I think Gilmer is – their balance on offense is going to be a little bit too much, but they've got to hold up up front. Salina is massive up mm-hmm. front on both sides of the ball. If that D-line for Salina is getting after Tennyson and making making his life difficult, this is a Salina victory. But I think if Gilmer can protect him, I think Tennyson has enough playmakers, can make plays, and Gilmer wins it. It's gonna be, I think this is going to be a shootout, though. I oh, think yeah. both teams are going to no, score a lot of points. This is not like how we were talking earlier about some, some teams you're going, okay, we cannot let this get past 21 points. This is going to be one of those who can, who can let it fly the most – I, I think I'm going to stick with Salina on the pick there. I think I, I feel like they have too. They're too big up front, like you said. I mm-hmm. think that they're going to wreck that line of scrimmage, and then I think they have a lot of playmakers that it's they're able to spread the ball a lot, and so it doesn't have to be one consistent guy doing his thing. It's like they do. They just have a lot of really good players they're that solid. they can. Yeah. yeah, it's like you don't have to. You don't have to have that one guy be the guy for you, or they don't have to game plan. Gilmer's going to have to game plan for a ton defensively. Yeah. Right, Salina is going to focus on Tennyson. Mm-hmm. You cut the head off the snake, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Then um, <laughs> a state semifinal that I don't know if we really expected. Uh, China Spring versus Quero, 7 p.m. on Friday at Round Rock's Kelly Reeves Stadium. The palace on Parmer. Yes, the palace. Uh, computer has China Spring by five. Mm-hmm. And I think... I'm going to agree with that, but um, Quero keeps doing that thing where they are kind of being a gnat as well, and they're <laughs> back. The gobblers are back. <laughs> yes, Jack Alvarez has them rolling, and we thought they'd be a lot better this year. Um, I feel like if um, I feel like preseason we underrated. We like Tepper and I. We talked. We thought Quero would be really good this year, but I don't think we expected them to be this good. And I think it starts with Jerry Rosette, the quarterback. He's been making plays and putting the ball in playmakers' hands. And early in the year, it was all about the running game mm-hmm. with Tyson Williams. Now, it's Quero, the last two weeks, has, has made big plays in the passing game, and it's made them a lot more dangerous. But this China Spring team seems, feels like a team of destiny. 
I mean, Major Bowden and the, all the playmakers that China Spring has, there was no letdown last week against West Orange Stark. And I feel like that says it all because we were we wondered if the Carthage hangover, if that was their Super Bowl, mm-hmm. if it's like, okay, the fact that they went out there and handled business like that, they genuinely, I feel like, are focused on AT&T Stadium, not on, well, we beat Carthage, yeah, no. you know. They went out to, against, uh, and you know, took care of West Orange Stark 31-14. to And... Bowden had a huge game. I think he rushed for like 275 yards or something. Light work. Yeah, I mean he's he's unbelievable. But when you when you try to take Bowden away, because Carthage did a really good job containing Bowden. Mm-hmm. Trey Hafford, X line, those other guys stepped up for Carthage. I mean China Spring. So um, this is a, a complete team for China Spring. I, I've been really impressed by Trey Hafford. I think if it's a, I think this is going to go one of two ways. I think China Spring is going to win by double digits, or Quero pulls one out. Pulls one out late again. A game, yeah, yeah. a game-winning so, field goal type of situation. I think it's going to be one of those two things, but I, and I'm leaning towards a China Spring double-digit win. I think so too. I think they're just they're too versatile. They're too much to handle, and it's not only the versatility, but they're just hard hitting. Like it's not only like oh you've got guys that can produce. It's also like we have guys that can produce, and we're going to punch you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. It's it's a there's the China Spring team that's that's, that's kind of their last run in D two. They're probably going to go Division one next year, so they're trying to. Go ahead and punch that ticket now. Go ahead and get that. Go out. Go out on top. All right. There is 4A Division Two. On to 4A Division One. Wichita Falls, Hershey, and Stephenville. 7 p.m. Friday at the Star. At the Star. Shout out Max Thompson. Uh, <laughs> Wichita Falls, Hershey. Second win in a, second win of the year over Springtown. This mm-hmm. time, I was at the first Hershey Springtown game, and Hershey was down for the first three quarters. Had to rally. They scored the last 22 points of that game to win it. Um, and it's hard to beat a good team twice, man. And they dominated Springtown last mm-hmm. week, thirty-two to six. Um, Marion Peterson had hundred nine yards rushing. He's a he's a monster in the backfield. Uh, Jamarian Carroll four catches, one hundred sixteen yards and a touchdown. He had a sixty-one yard touchdown run as well. Hershey Speed gave Springtown a lot of trouble. Yeah, gave them a lot of trouble. They're not their speed's not going to affect not going to face Stephenville. Stephenville's run the gauntlet. They have probably the most impressive. Resume. Yeah, I mean, they, Steenville has wins over Midlothian Heritage, mm-hmm. Waco La Vega, Paris, Argyle, Melissa. In addition to, they also beat Everman in non-district. That's mm-hmm. a 5A playoff team. Right. And that's six pretty strong wins. And that's wins. six pretty strong wins against teams that all are so different, too. Yes. Like, there's not a there's not an offense that they haven't faced mm-hmm. yet. And, and all those teams that I listed were fast. Mm-hmm. So this is – Hershey's not going to be – You can't outspeed them. They, there's not anything they haven't seen. So um, Coy Eakin, the the quarterback – the receiver, Ryder Lambert, their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And this Stephenville defense, they call them the War Dogs. And they're they're a group that, that they don't – you look at them and they don't – you know, you're like, okay, they're, they're just like a normal high school defense. They yeah. don't really blow you away. They're not like they don't like they don't look like Duncanville's defense. No, they're, absolutely they're not, not. They don't have those big monsters or any mm-hmm. you know crazy fast kids. But as a unit, they're really impressive and they do it. I mean, the work speaks for itself. Holding mm-hmm. Melissa to twenty one, holding Argyle to fourteen, holding Paris to ten, holding La Vega to fourteen points, and they play. They, they've they've held everyone in check. So um, this is Hershey's first state semifinal appearance since nineteen sixty four. Wow, and maybe maybe their last because the school's closing in. 
in two years because um, Wichita Falls is consolidating schools. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool story for Hershey to get to this point, but yeah. I, I think they're running into a buzzsaw in Stephenville. Yeah, and I can tell because, I mean, I was at the Stephenville-Argyle game um, in the regional semi round, and it was – you're so right in the essence of the defense. Like, I was – I walked out there, and I was like, man, Argyle's way bigger than them. Mm-hmm. You know, they look like a bunch of just regular guys out there, you know, guys being dudes type of situation. And it, I'll tell you what it is. It's their tackling. I mean, they they – from the defensive line – all the way to the far back safety. It is nothing but form tackling. They wrap up. And two, Dottie has his guys pumped. Like, he's out there. He's excited. He's Stephenville like, guy. He's from Stephenville. He, I think he was an offensive lineman on one of their state uh-huh. championship teams. So. And so it's one of those things. It's like, man, he he is just completely leaning in on that we are not going out until we go out in AT&T Stadium. Yeah, and that Stephenville community is behind them. It's a, mm-hmm. they're, they're they traveled a, well. They're going to bring a big crowd to, to the star on set on Friday night. It'll, it'll be a fun, a fun atmosphere. So I think Stephenville, Hershey will hit a couple of big plays because yeah. they're, they're explosive, but I think Stephenville, you know, 13, 15-point win. Yeah, I would agree. Um, moving on to the other side of the bracket there, a oh you're still around Tyler Chapel mm-hmm. Hill a fourth seeded team taking on Austin LBJ 2:30 p.m. Saturday again at the Star and this is a Chapel Hill team that that's that's a little bit like that you're still here now but we also had them ranked top five in the top five and then in the middle of the season they lost three games three in a games. row and yep. I know they had some internal issues they had they were working through and had some disciplinary issues they had to get cleaned up and those mm-hmm. kind of things and they've gotten it cleaned up and coach Jeff Reardon has done a great job and this is a team that has a freshman quarterback and freshman running back yeah that's Demetrius the Brisbane thing. <laughs> is a quarterback Ricky Stewart their freshman running back they, they they're young this is a team mm-hmm. that's going to be around for a while but they're getting it done now. I mean, they go down to Houston last week and beat Little Cypress thirty-one to fourteen, and beat them pretty thoroughly. I mean, this was another game. It was twenty-one nothing Chapel mm-hmm. Hill, and I was like, "Oh, this game's over." Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just they Little Cypress Mauriceville ne- never could get back in the game, and and you know Deuce McGregor, you know, he catches a touchdown pass, and then Brisbane goes out for a couple of plays. They just put McGregor at quarterback, and he throws a touchdown pass. For, you know, so uh, Chapel Hill's got a lot of playmakers, um, and they got a lot of speed. That's something that LBJ, to credit to LBJ, mm-hmm. they're fourteen and zero. They're the, they're the number one team in the state in the postseason poll. They haven't played anyone as fast as them or even on their level no. as far as speed since week one Mm-mm. when they beat Maynard. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since they played anyone who, who can run with them. Right. Chapel Hill can run with LBJ. They're going to have dudes that can get with LBJ and can play them in space. LBJ is not going to simply be able to out-athlete Chapel no. Hill. Oscar Gordon's going to have to make plays. He's going to have to make reads. The offensive line's going to have to make blocks. The running backs are not going to break away like they have been. This is going to be a a game for LBJ. And this is a game um, I saw the computer spread and I was like, whoa, that's way too rich for my blood. Yeah, they got they got LBJ by 17. Yeah. I think LBJ wins, mm-hmm. but they're going to get pushed in this week. Yeah. I think Chapel Hill is good enough to, to – Chapel Hill number one is good enough to beat them. Right. I think LBJ wins, but if anything, Chapel Hill is going to push it. And I think I think this will be good for Jamal Fenner's ball club because they need to get that push before the state championship game. Yeah, you don't want – <laughs> you don't want to lose, but you also don't want that push to come in the state championship game, and then you're sitting Never there going, "What in the world are we supposed on to do?" On that big stage at AT and T Stadium, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the lim- lights on, lemon booty kind of kicks in, and you just never know what's going to happen. So I think it, it might be a good thing mm-hmm. if LBJ gets pushed a little bit this week. I think I think the key to LBJ just being able to be fine here is recognize that you are going they're they're very athletic but recognize that you are going up against a freshman at quarterback mm-hmm. recognize that this is a young team so 
do stuff to get in their head early on. You're if a senior. You're, you're a veteran ball club. LBJ mm-hmm. was in the semifinals last year. All these kids have been in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great point that their experience with uh, Chapel Hill, especially being on so the young. defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. I mean, that's that's been the bell cow, the calling unit for LBJ the past two years has been their defense, and it just seems like they just keep reloading mm-hmm. with younger brothers. Yeah, and all the brothers are the pl- players that played before him. But th- this the difference in this LBJ team is the court is Oscar Gordon and that mm-hmm. offense. They're explosive. Um, LBJ, one concern I do have is not a lot of depth. Yeah. They only suited out, I think I counted, when I saw them against Bernie in round three, I think they had 32 players in uniform. Man. And I was like, where's the JV? And they're like, this is it. This is all we got. So they cannot aff- – a lot of guys go both ways. They can't afford – you start to get to week 14, week mm-hmm. 15, those bumps and bruises start to accumulate. So that's you the take care only, of business early. only concern I have about LBJ is the depth. That is 4A Division One going on up. 5A Division Two. We've got out of Region One, Lubbock Cooper, and out of Region Two, Sox. 7:30 p.m. Friday at Abilene Shotwell Stadium. You will be in attendance, and I have said this is the game I am most excited about in the state semifinal yeah. round. I so will not be there, but this I'm excited. is a great matchup because you've got that explosive sock offense led by Kevin Henry Jennings and all those playmakers going up against a ferocious front seven from Lubbock Cooper. <laughs> With Kyler Jordan and Kobe McKenzie leading the way. Jordan, the Baylor commit. McKenzie, the Texas commit. Recently flipped from Oklahoma to Texas. Um, loaded front seven. Lovett Cooper's defense is elite. Mm-hmm. Pitched a shutout last week, 22 to nothing over Ryder. But Lovett Cooper's secondary can be had. Mm-hmm. And, and Sox, Sox got quick. dudes. Sox, you know, they, you got a wide receiver named Wildman. Yep. You know, Wildman, you got uh, the, the – um, there's Reese. Um, they got Muhammad out there. Sox got a lot of playmakers at wide receiver. Then the running back of the Hollywood, Keandra Hollywood at running back. Uh, they've got dudes who can make plays. Um, if Sock gets in space, Lubbock Cooper is going to have a long night. Mm-hmm. The key for Lubbock Cooper here is de- their defense has got to, and that Sock offensive line is massive. You have to stop them in the front seven. If yeah. you if they allow them to get past him, yeah, it's over. It's over. And Sox offensive line's good. They're mm-hmm. they're massive. They got a dude named Big Bubba. Big Bubba is one of the biggest dudes. I, I was standing next to him on the sideline when they beat Alito, and I was just like looking up, just marveling. I was like, he's "This a, is insane." He's a massive kid. He's good. Oh yeah, he's a good. That's player. the he's, other he's thing. He's not just big. No, he's he moves his feet. I yeah. was like, "How do you? I can't move my I think feet he's got that like quick." Size seventeen feet. I mean, yeah, he's a giant kid. Their average hands, weight's like three fifteen like, on I, that I'm offensive line. I'm a big dude. Line. He makes me look small. Oh, he really so, does. So, so Lubbock Cooper's defensive line is going to have to find a way to get through that offensive mm-hmm. line and pressure Kevin Henry Jennings. But even if you pressure him, Henry. Jennings is elusive and he keeps his head up. Yes, and he is adept at uh, at uh, escaping the pocket and then throwing the ball downfield and guys wide open. Mm-hmm. So, um, Lubbock Cooper's offense, I think. So Lovejoy tried to ground and pound Sock mm-hmm. because their receivers could not get separation. No, that Sock secondary is one of the best in the state. Absolutely, Lo- Lovejoy's couldn't get any separation, so they tried to run the football and ground and pound. That's not what Lovejoy does. It's not their mm-hmm. personality. So their kids, I don't think, were one hundred percent bought in on that. Well, that's what Lovett Cooper does. Mm-hmm. They are three yards in a cloud of dust. So I think their offense does – I think they can move the football on Sock and constrict the game, keep the ball away from that Sock offense, and maybe they have – it. you know, who knows what's the weather, West Texas wind, could right. get to whipping and rolling, maybe make some, 
maybe makes it tougher for Sock to throw the ball into the wind. Um, so I think that's Cooper's path to victory here. I think Sock's the better team. Mm-hmm. I think they're the favorite to win the state championship, but they're going to have a test this week, especially if they can't block that front. Because Kyler Jordan by himself can wreck a game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know Chip Darden's going to have his guys fired up. I think that what makes that one so fun is that the best parts of each team are actually going up against yes, each other. And that that's, makes it a fun matchup. That is so stinking fun. Um, so that'll be, I am jealous that you get to be there. Have fun with that one. Yep. Me, our buddy uh, Guy Frazier, and Mike Roach will be out there too. Oh, man. We got the trifecta yeah. going. Hello, Guy. Hi, Guy. Um, <laughs> the other side, we're going Crosby out of Region 3 and Liberty Hill out of Region 4, 7.30 p.m. on Friday at Bryant's Green Stadium. This one's tasty. Yeah. Both, remember both remember last year they when they played? You. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone can forget. And I think – and there's the thing. I think Crosby is the better team, but I think Liberty Hill has that in the back of their mind. And if anything, they can be revengeful. Yeah, and Liberty Hill has – they have that weird trick that no one else has, and that's that the slot T and how they run it. Mm-hmm. They are so effective at it and so efficient at it. Now, Crosby's got a different defensive coordinator this year. Uh, Jerry Prieto hired um, Jerry Poth mm-hmm. as their defensive coordinator, and Poth is a South Texas guy. He's had to defend the slot T a lot in his time as, a, as an assistant coach. So he's got experience against that offense. So I'll be interested to see if Crosby's defense, which which had no answers for for Liberty Hill last year. Absolutely they, not. They were befuddled by Liberty Hill a year ago. See if Crosby's a little bit better against the slot T this year. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know if Liberty Hill – their defense with Crosby's speed, with Siren Miles and all those playmakers, mm-hmm. Cameron Kirkwood, Siren Miles. I don't think Liberty Hill is going to be able to slow Crosby down. That's another that thing. Speed yeah. that Crosby has is just a nightmare matchup for Liberty Hill. Just another prime example, like we said in the in the last matchup. If the defense, if they cannot stop them with the front seven, it's Church. They're yeah. heading. They're heading all the way down the field. I don't think that they have enough to get. Th- I also Liberty Hill. It was wild because last year, yes, they they've always run the slot T, but last year, like they had the guy. You know, it's like you're kind of. It seems like they don't have the guy this year. No, they're, they're a lot younger on offense this yeah. year, and I, they're not. They just as run explosive. it so well. Yeah, they run it so well, and they're able to do things. But I don't think they have the the talent combined with the scheme mm-hmm. this year. I think they're still going to score points on Crosby. Oh yeah, but I think Crosby's going to going to win more like a 48-28 yeah. kind of game. It'll be it'll be shootout. <laughs> yeah. So I, but I think Crosby's the team to be. I, I think Crosby I think we're going to have a great if Crosby and Sock play in a state championship, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of speed on the field. I was going to say that'll be one of the best matchups of the weekend. 5A Division One now, Mansfield Summit for the second time or second year in a row, and they're taking on, I think what everyone has agreed is the team to beat in 5A Division One in College Station, 7 p.m. on Friday at Hewitt Panthers Stadium. Yeah, right there at Waco Midway. And uh, for man, congratulations to Mansfield Summit. You know, Shannon Hall hasn't gotten the credit that he probably deserves no. there at Summit. He's taken Summit to the semifinals in back-to-back years mm-hmm. now. Great win over Colleyville Heritage last week, 21-9. to The Jaguars' defense came to play. And Summit's got no shortage of athletes. They're going to be no. fast. They're going to be athletic on both sides of the ball. But it's nothing College Station hasn't seen before. This college Now, College Station last week kind of got over that hump and beat Denton Ryan and mm-hmm. kind of ended all their DFW issues, you know, beat Lone Star two weeks ago and then beat Ryan last week. Six to talk about a resume. Yeah, but now I will say this. I watched a good portion of the College Station. College Station made some uncharacteristic mistakes mm-hmm. in that game. Dropped a couple of wide-open touchdown passes. They had a pick six get called back for an unnecessary block in the back. It wasn't the cleanest effort from College Station, which is kind of scary. They beat Ryan. Right. And really didn't play well. To me, what I think in seeing how, obviously, we've seen how Huff's ball club can play, mm-hmm. 
I almost wonder if, like we were talking about earlier, there's their game that they kind of fooled around and kind of got punched a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that could be really bad news for Mansfield Summit. Yeah. I think Jed Huff, Marquise Collins, Houston Thomas. That, They're not going to do that twice in yeah, a row. I think Col- I think we're going to have a much crisper offensive effort from College Station this week. And I think that's going to – and I don't think Summit's going to be able to keep up. I don't think so either. So I, I think College Station pulls away in this one. Marquise Collins is a dude. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> um, Katie Pato taking on Corpus Christi Flower Bluff, 7 p.m. Friday at San Antonio's Heroes Stadium. Flower Bluff, definitely a program of, oh, y'all are still yeah, here? Yeah, first ever state semifinal appearance. Congratulations. We talked to Coach Steinbeck earlier, Steinbrook, I'm sorry, on the uh, on TFT. So nice, yeah. amazing. But just from the way that he picked up the phone, you could tell how stinking pumped the city of Flower Bluff is to be here. Yeah, I mean, all of the coastal bends going to get, you know, Corpus Christi is one of those areas where everyone kind of, Whoever's left, you the back whole them up. city kind of gets behind them. So, not only the Flower Bluff community, but I mean all the you know all the people in CCISD, all the Cal Allen people, mm-hmm. people from Gregory, Portland, Alice, they're all going to be behind Flower Bluff now, and uh, they'll, be, they'll have a big crowd in San Antonio for sure. Uh, but they're a big underdog in this game. Yeah, Pato is the Region Four at, in and of itself has struggled against Region Three and Five A Division One. We mm-hmm. saw it last year when Corpus Christi Vets played Cedar Park. Yep. Vets came out and played a great first half, and then the second half it was It was over. done. Could see something similar. I think Flower Buff's probably a bigger underdog this week than Vets was, was last year. Because Pato, number one, Pato's a 6A school playing 5A. Mm-hmm. They got over 3,000 kids. They are massive. They are physical. They're deep. They're fast. They have an advantage at basically every, every position. Mm-hmm. You know, Every position group. Flower Buff's got individual players that might be better in their individual matchups, but as a positional group, Pato's got an advantage at every position. This is, this is a... I think, this I, I think just size-wise, too, to be honest yeah. with you, Pato's got some dudes. Yeah. They're, is, they're big. Pato's going to be a 6A playoff team next yeah. year. They're, they're going up to 6A. They'll be a playoff team in the KDISD district. Um, I think this might get ugly. Yeah. I, I think Pato rolls. I agree. Congratulations to Flower Bluff, though, for making their first state semifinal. Yeah, awesome that's always them. great. And if they win, it will be a, we will be talking about it next week. Oh, forever. Day. Well, and, and that's the other thing. The is three, like, six, one will show up at state in a big way, but – it would yeah, be a massive with Vets upset. and Miller both kind of, and I know they're different classifications, but with both of them being down, it felt like Corpus Christi was kind of anyone's to grab, mm-hmm. and they they took charge and did it. So, uh, yeah, little concerned, but we'll yeah. see. All right, here we go. The final classifications here: six A D two, a name that we've heard quite a few times at this stage. Denton Geyer taking on an oh, you're still there in Tomball, seven p.m. Saturday at uh, McLean. That's my second game on Saturday, and oh, fourth place Tomball, you're you're still here. What huh. are you doing here? Welcome, guys. Yes, uh, if you have not gotten the Kale Helms experience, <laughs> uh, you're in for a treat because he is now. he is fantastic, and Tomball is not fancy. Mm-mm. Now they they opened it up a little bit against Bridgeland last week. They were throwing it around a mm-hmm. little bit in that game, but against Rockwall Heath, it was quarterback power left, mm-hmm. quarterback power right, quarterback power up the middle, and it was like, hey, stop it if you can. And Rockwall Heath and couldn't stop can't. it. And Tom Ball is in the regional finals now. Um, that stretch in the third quarter, I think, against Bridgeland, oh they my just goodness, the game open. Three minutes left. And there were three fumbles mm-hmm. that all led to score, and it was one of those. They fumbled the kickoff return, and then it's a 42-yard dime. They fumbled the kickoff turn. Next play, 41-yard mm-hmm. dime. I mean, they were out for it, blood. It cascaded on Bridgeland quick in that game. Geyer's going to be – number one, Geyer's a lot healthier than Bridgeland is mm-hmm. now. Jackson Arnold is that dude. Um, the secondary for Geyer is really good, but their front seven is – you know, not what it was. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, I know one guy got removed from the team that was playing very well for their front seven. 
they're not quite as strong up front as they were, but their secondary is outstanding. So I think Tom Ball's probably not going to throw it very much because mm-hmm. they, they don't want to test the, the guy or secondary. They, I mean, Eli Bowen and Peyton Bowen seems like they get a pick six every game. And Geyer last week got down. Like, it was 14 yeah. nothing for a good portion they of the They really first tried half. to mess around against Byron yeah. Nelson. <laughs> no, Prosper. Well, Prosper, they, well, two, Prosper last yeah. two weeks. They, all, they tried to mess around yeah. here in Byron Nelson, too. Byron Nelson yeah. almost came back and beat him. Then they got down early against Prosper. They came back and won. Great win for Geyer, but they've, they've had some lulls. So. They need to play 48 minutes in this game. They can't afford that again. And I I was at the Bridgeland Tomball game, and I don't know how to feel about that defense because they played out of their mind. Like, their defense was one that it's like, okay, it's the Calhoun show. They can do a lot on offense, but is their defense good enough to stop these teams? Defense played out of their mind. Those defensive ends that they had out there, I mean, they were getting – they were blowing past the Bridgeland was offensive that a line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was it was cram packed. But it, I also don't know if that's just because Wegman wasn't playing mm-hmm. or what. But I am super super interested in this game to see how Geyer's offensive line holds Tomball's defensive line, and to see if what I saw last week was just because Bridgeland was a little down, mm-hmm. or if they really have started to really figure it out late in the playoffs. Well, no, because Geyer is traditionally very good on the offense. Exactly. Line. We saw him. I, I, I saw him against Tascosita, and they were really good up. Front, right, so. and so this will be like an actual true test for me. That if if they were to make it to state, it would be like, okay, wow, they yeah, they're picking up. And I guess you guys will be watching it Saturday on Texan Live while you're working and working. We from will the be, yes, sir. And then I'll wave at you from the press box. Oh, thanks. Six A D two, the other side of the bracket. It's the game that let's be completely honest everyone has had this circled Mm -hmm. since the moment that we figured out that they would likely both be going d2 katie westling 2 p.m mclean stadium you'll be there and you know double header yeah that's a good double header (laughs) it is it is um yeah, so Westlake seventy to seven over Vandergrift. Um, I felt yeah, just they, bad for. I think they block. I think Westlake blocked like three punts yeah. in that game. Just it They'll was a complete that. domination. You know, Westlake. We were like, oh, you know, the defense graduated a whole lot. Guess what? They're fine. Tony Salazar in that defense. They found a way mm-hmm. to uh, to to put out a great defense. A K club neck in that offense. Say no. Say less. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, that's all you need to say. Um, Katie, the last couple of weeks has kind of screwed around and yeah. What were you doing against Cinco Ranch? <laughs> uh, Summer Creek. Summer Creek. Yeah, they like were, it was twenty-seven guys. It almost happened. So I was watching Katie and Summer Creek mm-hmm. in the press box at the Star, and it was because tw- they they started at one, and my mm-hmm. game didn't start till two thirty. So at, at halftime, it's twenty-seven to seven, Katie. I'm like, oh, this game's over. Mm-hmm. I flick it off, and I'm watching. I think I was watching LBJ and. In Fredericksburg, and I start seeing on Twitter like Marcus Gutierrez going, uh, "It's twenty-seven, twenty-one." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Excuse me?" Yeah, I was and standing down there at a Houston game, and I'm sitting there, and people, I hear people start going, "Have you seen the Katie score?" And I was like, "Oh, how bad are they beating them?" And then I was like, <laughs> "What's happening?" Yeah, so uh, a little concerned now, now. Is it a case of is Katie been? It's quite possible Katie's been working on Westlake for three weeks now, right? And maybe not even paying attention, not paying as close attention to their opponents as they mm-hmm. should. It's not very Gary Joseph like, but maybe maybe it wasn't the fact. Maybe the kids were looking ahead. Yes, and maybe the kids were saying, "Hey, we got this one in the bag. Let's get ready for Westlake mm-hmm. mentally." Um, well, now Westlake's here, and now you got to you got to bring it. And you Ka- have Katie, to. Katie is a it, this is a rare position for Katie. Mm-hmm. The last time they've been this big of an underdog was probably when they played North Shore in the playoffs in twenty. The second, the the first time, twenty eighteen, the first playoff meeting when North Shore beat them pretty bad. That uh, yeah, it was twenty eighteen. Yeah, um, when North Shore beat them pretty bad, it's, they were, they were this big of an underdog. Because mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen, 
Katie beat North Shore in the regular season, so mm-hmm. when they played in the playoffs, Katie North Shore was still a favorite, but not a big not favorite. A, yeah, exactly. Katie's a yeah, because they played like week two or so. Yeah, Katie's. I mean, what's what's the spread on that game? West like thirteen. I can't remember the last time Katie's been a thirteen point underdog to anyone. No, and and maybe again, maybe they'll make me completely eat my words because Gary Joseph loves to do that to people. Mm-hmm. I have us. seen. Oh yeah, absolutely, and all all due respect to Coach Joseph. <laughs> I've seen Westlake twice this year, and I think that's an accurate spread. Yeah. I and it's not only – we talked so much last year and so much this year about how fundamentally sound Tony Salazar makes that defense. Well, then they've got the guy on offense. Mm-hmm. Their special teams is what really sets them apart in my mind because they are so dominant on the other two phases of the ball that then you add in being absolutely dominant on special teams. It's, it is a full – Makes a juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. Can, there's no, there is no phase of their game every single week that comes out and doesn't look crisp and pristine. If there's a team in the state that I think could push them, it is Katie because yes. just because of the pedigree that Katie has and the way that Katie operates. They're they're gonna they're not gonna get it on spread. They're not gonna panic. They're gonna run what they run. They're gonna do what they do. So I think there's a team that can hang with Westlake. It's Katie, and I think mm-hmm. Katie hangs around for a while. But I, I just feel like Westlake's going to overwhelm them. Yeah. Overwhelm them in the second half. Yes. If if Todd Dodge doesn't go out in retirement with three straight under his belt, I will be surprised. Agreed. And finally, we have almost made it. You're almost done having to put up with me. It's been tough. It's I been, know. It's been a chore. Painful. Six A D one. The big heavy hitters will start with Region One, South Lake Carroll. Region Two, Duncanville. Third, who would have fourth thought? straight year, yeah, four, yeah. I don't know. Who who could have predicted this, <laughs> right? Yeah, fourth straight came year out of nowhere. These two are playing in the semifinals. Duncanville won the first two meetings. Mm-hmm. First, but it, those two, the first meeting was a fifty-two to nothing blowout. Second yep. meeting was a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. And last year, South Lake Carroll got, got it done without Riley Dodge on the sidelines. Oh man, His yeah, he was out with COVID. Yep. Uh, so and the the viral video. <laughs> yeah, when, when Coach Dodge went. went it is viral. not Adidas yeah. shirt. <laughs> mm, yeah, I remember that. What are you doing, Coach? <laughs> Get it together. Um, I think this year it's a little bit of a rollover. I think South Lake Carroll comes in in this game as the favorite. Uh, computer says Duncanville by one. Yeah. I think South Lake Carroll. I think South Lake is the favorite. Amongst the media and amongst the, 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 the people. I yes. Carroll's the favorite. The people's in this game. choice. Uh, they're really good up front. I think. I think that, that this will be the first time since probably the modern day game that Duncanville is going up against an offensive line that can handle them. Right. Carroll up front is really good on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball, and I think they will be able to handle Duncanville's defensive line, which right. is which is ferocious. Oh yeah. Song well, that's person. like I mean, Desoto is just too small. You yeah. know. And Desoto is also missing their starting two tackles. Right. Which never helps. Yeah. So I, I think Carroll will be able to, was better equipped to handle the Duncanville offense the defensive line. I think Carroll's offensive line, um, will, they will be able to run. The, they ran the ball great last year. Owen Allen, they mm-hmm. were able to run the ball. And that keep kid's Duncanville. such a stud. He just finds a way to, to make plays. And so, I mean, Caden Anderson's been great. Mm-hmm. This is a dynamic Carroll offense, but the defense is really good as well. I, after Mike Hawkins and that Allen game busted that first long run for a touchdown, Carroll locked it down. Mm-hmm. They scored a touchdown. Avion Jones had a pick six in the game. Carroll found a way to contain Allen. Allen got some points late, but the game was well in hand. Oh, yeah. So, um, I think their defense is, is really outstanding. And Duncanville's not an explosive offense. They no. don't, they don't throw the ball downfield. There's a lot of it's a lot of zone reads. It's a lot a lot of um, um, swing passes. And Malachi Medlock had a huge game for the for the Panthers. I mean, he's which it's still weird that he's committed to Toledo. Yeah, the Toledo I, Rockets. He's going to play football in sure. the Glass Bowl. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the name of their stadium is the Glass Bowl. 
All right. I used to play in it on an NCAA football. So that was a cool stadium. But Medlock had 250. <laughs> well, maybe that's why he wants to play on it. Give right. the guy two, a break. Yeah, you ever been to Toledo? No. That's terrible. 254 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He had 64 receiving yards and two touchdowns. He had a great game. Solomon James was solid for Duncanville mm-hmm. quarterback. But I don't think Duncanville has the dynamic offense to keep up. And if Southlake gets them in a shootout, that's dragons all the way. Oh, yeah. And I saw I saw the Duncanville-DeSoto regular season matchup, the district matchup. And Duncanville was not looking good. I mean, absolutely just kind of getting hammered by DeSoto. And then what it took was an explosive play on a kickoff return to get that offense going. And I think that if Southlake can figure out a way to not let one of those happen, specifically in the first half, then I think that they can just take care of business and just win the game flat out. But if they're going to give away an explosive play to Duncanville, that's when Coach Samples does what Coach Samples does, and they get the momentum going, and then it's it's church. I think I think Southlake is the better overall team, but and Duncanville's going to have some revenge on their mind because they they were mm-hmm. shocked by that by that loss last year. I mean, yeah. I know that a lot of folks in Duncanville took that loss. Because them and North Shore went out in the same day yes. last year. So they were there was a they're 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 gunning for Southlake. I think Southlake's got a little too much, but I do think Duncanville's gonna have they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder in this game. And then finally, the last matchup, the aforementioned Galena Park North Shore Mustangs taking on Lake Travis. Three PM Saturday at Round Rock Kelly Reeves Stadium, the Palace. Yeah, Lake Lake Travis won a home neutral flip. I think the game if North Shore would have won, I think the game would have been in Katy. Katy, yeah, Legacy Stadium. So, um, this is the third time in four years these two are playing in the state semifinals. Mm-hmm. North Shore won the first two pretty handily. Um, I think I don't think either one of these teams are at the level that they were two years ago or three years ago. Who got one of somebody got hurt in one of those games? I thought didn't the quarterback go down or am I crazy? No, that was the one game. The second game was, was, that the, was the game Zach Evans showed up at halftime after taking his SATs. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Shadrick Banks, I don't think, played in the second game. He played in the first game. Um, the first game was when Garrett Wilson was his senior year mm-hmm. at Lake Travis. So, um, you know, Lake Travis, This everybody I talked to in Austin is like, oh, this Lake Travis's team is good, but they're not what they were like. They're not, they're not as good as they have mm-hmm. been. That kind of thing, and and other than the Westlake game, then they have the, the thing about Lake Travis is the two losses were kind of bad. Yeah, they, they were ca- really bad. <laughs> the Rockwall game and the and the Lake Travis game and the Westlake game were bad losses. But other than that, Lake Travis has been solid. And last week they they drilled Brennan forty two to seventeen, and Brennan was undefeated. But yeah, they weren't. They're not Rockwall level or, or Westlake level. They're yeah, still a good team. Yeah, that's eighteen regional wins over San yeah, Antonio Yeah, something teams. crazy like that. So um. They had 600 yards of offense last week against Brennan. So, I mean, Lake Travis got the job done. Bo Edmondson had a huge game. DJ Johnson. They've got Caleb Burton and Isaac Norris out wide. they got playmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but this North Shore front seven is – Oh, it's big. Yeah, it's, it's legit. It's big, big. So, what I saw from Lake Travis when I saw him against Westlake, the thing that they did so well is if the offensive line is not playing up to par, then Bo Edmondson's easy to get in the backfield. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger guy. He's not as much of a runner. Great passer. Yeah. But if he can't get the ball out there to Burton – then you you take away their biggest weapon. On the North Shore side of it, dude, Caleb Bailey can sling it. He's a freshman. He's like 14 years old, yeah. and he can sling it. Yeah. I, w- I was sitting there, mouth just dropped, because Atascacita was playing with a sophomore. They're playing with Caleb mm-hmm. Bailey, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And everyone in North Shore is like, oh, this is the next Demetrius Davis. I don't know about that. That's a lot of pressure to put on a 14-year-old yeah. kid. But he's he, good, It's because he started as a freshman, and I get right. it. But he's going to be really good. He's, he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, this North Shore offense is not super dynamic. Mm-hmm. They don't. They, their running game is kind of their best asset with Xavier Owens, 
Um, Xavier Owens. They've got a good receiver in David Amador, but really this this is about the running game and the North Shore defense. Much more similar to the 2015 North Shore ball team that won state against Westlake with a great defense. This is kind of the kind of North Shore team that you that that kind of North Shore team. I think North Shore's front seven controls the game. And like you said, I don't. Edmondson's not the most elusive guy in the backfield. Lake Travis usually has mobile quarterbacks. Edmondson's no, he not can that. he can get it. He's got a he's got a pretty ball off the fingers that he can get to people. But yeah, if you start putting pressure on him, he can scramble. But gaining yards after a scramble, yeah. I don't feel like it's and his strong suit. I don't know suit. if scrambling against North Shore is the. <laughs> they ain't seen no. That, you know, Westlake and North Shore's defenses are very similar in how fast they are and how yep. physical they are. So. I think North Shore's defense is the difference mm-hmm. in this game. I think the Mustangs go on the road and get a big win. I do think Lee Travis keeps it close because this is not a vintage North Shore team, no. offensively especially, but I think North Shore's defense is just too much. I do too, and I think that if, if Bailey if Bailey can't – he's not the most ac- – he's got the arm strength. He's not the most accurate right now because mm-hmm. he's – literally a child um but if he can if he can hit a couple of big plays then yeah it's it's easy for north shore to just kind of take off in this one in my opinion agree so there you go your regional all 20 games st- or not regional state state semifinal break down all 20 games there um yeah and then you'll be I guess we've said every game that you're going to yeah I'm going to see th- Thursday I'll me and you'll be in Weatherford mm-hmm. for Holly and Marlin uh, and then Friday, I will be at Abilene Shotwell Stadium for South Oak Cliff and Lubbock Cooper. You will be in, in Mesquite for well, Franklin and Franklin Wascom. Saturday, you will be in the office working because you will start be putting together our state championship coverage. Yeah, that Greg guy is supposed to be back, and i got to listen to him talk all day. Greg with 1G. Yeah. Can you trust a Greg with 1G? No, I feel like 2G's added a lot more trust. Yeah. Um, and then I will, on Saturday, I will be at uh, Baylor for the doubleheader, uh, Austin Westlake and Katie and Denton Geyer and Tom Ball, and I will be sending in previews from the stadium in at Baylor for his the state championship because work. that's how we roll around these we parts. We are hard workers, and then I think uh, our own Ishmael Johnson. He's going to be at the LBJ game. He's going to LBJ game on Saturday. So, uh, and then Will Wilkerson, I think, will be at um, the Hershey Stephenville game, most likely Friday night. Very nice. So, I think Ish, I think Ishmael Pal and I are all rolling to Mesquite. We oh, got some new going, camera yeah. equipment that okay. we want to try out. Yeah, so, uh, okay. yeah, we'll we'll watch some football, do a little camera so testing, but we'll it'll be, be fun. The crew will be out seeing a lot of games this week, and then obviously uh, at state next week, we'll have we'll blow out the coverage. We had a big meeting today about it, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll blow and, it out the water. Yeah, I know you mentioned it early on, but you and uh, Tep will be back to do all your normal shenanigans for Tep and Step. Yeah, I think Monday. State. I think Monday we're gonna after work. I'm gonna come in and record um, the, the Tep and Step state title previews. So, and then uh, stay tuned to DCTF uh, on social media for all of our state coverage and any fun things that we have planned for uh, you subscribers at state. Well, I think that'll do it. We did it. How long did we go, Pickle? Oh, I don't know. I didn't time it. Oh. Rookie numbers. Yeah, it's over there. I can't see it. (laughs) If it's over an hour, we're sorry, but we're not sorry. Yeah, thanks for putting up with me. Big yay boo energy, right? Yeah, big yay boo energy. Yay, Tepper's gone. Boo Pickle's here. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, yeah, we'll just end it. And uh, thanks for being a subscriber. And thank you, Pickle, for uh, coming in and uh, pinch hitting for uh, Greg Tepper. Yeah, as Tepper would love me to say, yeet. Yeet.